Welcome to Magic Mondays. I'm Jennifer Farner, a former private banker turned transformational coach, retreat leader, and mom of three, and your hostess of this podcast. Hello and welcome to Magic Mondays. I'm Jennifer Farner, your hostess with the mostess. Thank you so much for being here listening today. I am incredibly grateful for you, for your support, and just simply that you're here. So I'm curious, are you the kind of person who sets resolutions every year? Did you set resolutions this year? If you set a resolution, how are you doing with it? Is it a small resolution that is something achievable? Or is it big and bold and far-reaching? Steady, or are you struggling a little to follow through? Wherever you're at or whatever approach you take to the new year, take a deep breath and just know you're doing exactly as you, just doing exactly as you need to be doing right now. So stop beating yourself up. If you're not making your resolutions, if you're not following through and you're struggling with it, take a deep breath and let that go. Tell the inner critic thank you and to be quiet for a moment. I personally don't set resolutions. The reason being is when the new year starts, there's always this feeling of renewed energy of hope, of optimism, big optimism, and this like burst of energy. And in the past, when I've set resolutions, I tend to set really big ones that are really not sustainable or they are really not sustainable or doable even for any period of time. You know, so going from maybe not working out to working out five days a week from waking up at six to waking up at four so that I can get all this stuff done. Tend to take this jump in with both feet approach. And then, which was great before I had kids, but after I had kids, things changed because life would get in the way. My kids seemed to know, especially when they were babies, they would seem to know when mom was getting up extra early and were needy and needed me in those moments. And so it made following through on some of those bigger resolutions difficult. What I found is if you're looking to make a change or a shift in your life, that taking smaller, more manageable steps is a much better approach kind of like a boiling frog. It allows you to just slowly turn up the heat, slowly building your endurance and your momentum. Rather, it's like running a marathon. You know, life is a marathon. If you run a marathon, you don't want to start out. Very rarely does somebody start off a marathon going at full speed. You have to, you have to pace yourself. And I think life is like that. So I don't set resolutions anymore. 
Instead, I set an intention for the year. A few years ago, I heard of this concept of setting a word, choosing a word for the year. And to me, it feels like a much more, it feels like a much better approach for me personally. It feels more wholesome. It feels more natural. It feels more achievable. It also keeps me from beating myself up if I'm not following through on a goal. So my word for this year is integrity. And I was really sitting with the word integrity and got curious about what does the word mean? So I'll ask you first, when you hear the word integrity, what comes to mind for you? What do you think of? For me, I think of integrity in terms of a business or a corporate a career. When someone is acting in integrity, they're doing right by their clients. They're not the used car salesman trying to sell somebody a lemon. They're clearly stating, here are the benefits, here are the risks. They're listening to the client and they're doing everything on the up and up. They're ethical, transparent. That to me is what comes to mind when I think about integrity. I've always operated from a very high state of integrity and ethics from a career perspective. So I thought I was curious that this word kept coming up for me. So I did a Google search to look up what does the word actually mean? What is the definition of the word integrity? So Merriam-Webster has a couple of definitions. The first, the quality of being honest and fair. Firm adherence to a code of moral or artistic values. Okay, that's in line with what comes to mind for me. But then this other definition kind of struck me. The state of being complete and whole. Wow. So I dug a little deeper and was curious about the root word, where the, where the word originated. And it originates from the Latin adjective integer, which means whole or complete. It's defined as an undivided or unbroken completeness. Wow. So when I sat with that for a little bit and just let that soak in and think about what that means in, in, for me and my life and for my year ahead. How does this definition, a state of being, a state of being complete or whole, in undivided or unbroken completeness, when I sit with those definitions, how does that inform my year? And it makes such complete sense for where I'm at in my life. Over this past year, 2021, as I've learned to find my own voice in my business, as I've tried to find my own footing, you know, last week I talked about breaking out of these boxes I didn't even know were there. I've struggled a lot with integrity 
with feeling complete, feeling whole. And as I reflect back, while I've always been in such high integrity from a career perspective, I've not always been in integrity in my personal life. Saying yes to things when I really want to say no. Not speaking up when I feel like something is off, not right, when my needs aren't being met, or there's a desire, something I want. Over the summer, or this this past year, I had somebody, a friend and a coach, pose this question to me. I was talking with her about my struggle with social media. I have this love-hate relationship with Instagram. And creating my programs, my coaching programs, something just felt off. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And as we were talking, she asked this question. She said, your business is called Vibrant Life Coaching. And you talk about, you help people to live their best, most vibrant life. To help moms to find their balance to get out of overwhelm. But are you living your best, most vibrant life? How are you not in integrity with your message? And it it struck me like, whoa, there are so many areas where I am not in integrity. And so it caused me to step back for a little bit and take a look at all the areas, all the aspects of life where I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't in a state of being complete or whole. I wasn't in a state of being complete or whole. There was a divided or a broken sense of completeness. So I thought about this for a little bit. This morning I was doing my hair and I was thinking about the word integrity and this definition and how it applies to my life, how I have been living in integrity or not in integrity in different avenues and aspects of my life. When I was at a when I, had a, when I worked for a very large bank, I would often have this feeling of not enough, didn't don't know enough, almost this imposter syndrome. But I still felt confident in, the, in being able to reach out and to market to people because I felt like I could lean on the experts. I knew that the marketing information or the research paper that I was sending somebody was created by somebody who had an Ivy League degree or had decades of experience or more initials after their name than they had letters in their name. They were well-respected and known for their, their insights. So I felt confident sharing that information. I felt like I was in integrity sharing that even though I didn't feel have the confidence in myself to know this information and to feel like I had the depth of knowledge. But when you create your own business, when you have your own business, 
the information that you put out there, especially as a solopreneur, it comes from you. And so there's this deep, the, this, it, it brings up the imposter syndrome to the forefront because now I am the one standing behind the words that I say. And if I make a mistake, it's my mistake. And so there's a fear of what if I say the wrong things or what if I get my facts mixed up or, and if I'm not truly living and breathing the information that I'm sharing, if I'm not truly living and breathing this, then, then I'm not an in integrity. And what if people find me out? So when you're not an in integrity, that in some area, that it, it creates this fear of being seen, this fear of what if, what if people find me out? What if they find out that I don't always manage my stress, that yes, I get overwhelmed and that I don't always take care of myself and put myself first like I need to be. That sometimes I really suck at holding boundaries. So that imposter syndrome gets really, really loud and it can create a lot of other feelings, a lot of anxiety. It can, it can cause us to overcompensate in other ways. So how do you get into integrity? How do you make sure that you are living a life that is in integrity? That is that you are in a state of being complete and whole, of undivided and unbroken completeness. I want to say first and foremost that you are perfect, whole, and complete exactly as you are. Exactly as you are. But if you're not living and not being true to every part of yourself, there can be this feeling of, brokenness, this feeling of division, this separation between who you are at your core and who you're projecting out into the world. So how do you close that gap? How do you close that gap between who you are at the core, which is who you deeply desire to be? Think about that for a moment. The ideal version of you, that, that you that you deeply desire to be, that is who you are at your core. So how do you close the gap between who you are at your core, who you desire to be, and who you are now? Who, who you are projecting out into the world? Who you are showing up as out in the world? How do you close that gap? I think one of the first steps to closing that gap is to get really clear on what's important to you. What do you value? So Brene Brown has this great, like I love Brene Brown, and she has a values exercise that I've gone through myself. Um, I can't, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the book that this comes from. So I'll put it, I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. But 
there's an exercise where you narrow down to your top three values. And when you narrow down to those top three values and use those as a guidepost, a compass to say, how am I in integrity with these values? If one of your values is honesty, but you say yes to something when you want to say no, are you being in integrity? If one of your values is playfulness, but you don't go run around with your kids or you're always head down working and you don't make time for fun, how are you in integrity? How are you in or how are you not in integrity with those top values? And what do you need to do to start bringing yourself in line with those? What small actions, you don't have to make big whole scale changes, but small steps. Maybe honesty being a top value and you find that you often say yes when you mean no. Because you're afraid to hurt somebody's feelings or afraid of what they might think or for whatever reason. Maybe challenge yourself to just start being honest. Honest first with yourself. Like, no, I really don't want to do this. And then honest with the other person. In my research, I ran across this 2015 New York Times article by op-ed columnist David Brooks. And he talks about there being two sets of virtues. Resume virtues and eulogy virtues. He says the resume virtues are the skills you bring to the marketplace. But the eulogy virtues are the ones that are talked about at your funeral. Were you kind, brave, honest? Were you capable of deep love? So being in integrity with who you are, how do you want to be remembered? How, how do you, and not just after your, at your, you, at your funeral, but how do you want to be remembered? Every conversation, every interaction that you have with somebody, how do you want them to remember you? What are those core values? Those core aspects do you want to have come forward? Something else that he says in this article, he says, if you live for external achievement, years pass and the deepest parts of you go unexplored and unstructured. It's easy to slip into a self-satisfied moral mediocrity. You grade yourself on a forgiving curve. You figure as long as you are not obviously hurting anybody, and people seem to like you, you must be okay. But you live with this unconscious boredom, separated from the deepest meaning of life and the highest moral joys. Gradually, a humiliating gap opens between your actual self and your desired self, between you and those incandescent souls you sometimes meet. So I ask you, how do you look inside? And what do you value? 
What is most important to you? If you have a hard time looking inside, maybe think about the people that you meet that leave a positive impact. You meet these people sometimes in life that just have this inner light, this glow, this confidence, this peace, this, they just radiate and it's hard to put to words. So think about those people or think about the people you've met that made such a positive impact in your life. What qualities do they have that stand out to you as memorable? I guarantee those are the same qualities that you have inherent in yourself. And if you can't see them in yourself, then ask, where am I not in line with those qualities or those values? How am I not living from a place of integrity? How am I not in a state of completeness, wholeness, soundness? And what steps do I need to take to get there? It's a deep question, a deep topic. But what I found for myself as I've started to really anchor into this word integrity and look at the areas of my life, where have I said I would do something and I didn't follow through? What were those conversations where I wasn't 100% honest with myself or the other person? And I'm slowly starting to go back and close that gap, completing the things that I said I would do, even though it may feel long past time. Having those honest conversations where they need to be had no matter how difficult they are. And then as I move forward, pausing to pausing in moments and asking myself, am I being in integrity by acting in this way, by making this choice, by doing this thing, is that really an integrity with living a vibrant life? Is that an integrity with my soul? And I can tell you that as I've started to close this gap and really focus on being in integrity with myself, it feels good. It feels freeing. The fear has started to fall away because there's no more fear of well, what if people find out because I, there's nothing to find out there's no incongruence there's still things that need to move into alignment and yes I'm still working through it and I make mistakes and I'm human and I'm not perfect but the more I intentionally act from a place of integrity the more I feel the fear start to, to fizzle away and lose its grip on me. 
So I ask you, as you go about your week this week, as you think about the new year and what you want for your life, how are you not in integrity with that? Or how are you in integrity with that? That vision that you have for your life, how are you in integrity with it? What do you need to do to be in integrity with that vision of you that you want to be, that vision you have for your life? How do you start living it today? So that was a lot. And it was deep. But it was on my mind and I just needed to share. Okay, so last week... You know, we've got this Awaken Your Inner Goddess retreat coming up, which, by the way, you really want to have the support to step into this vision of your life so that you can be living in integrity with who you are at your soul, at your core. This is a great place to do it because Destiny, my co-facilitator, and I will be leading this amazing group of women through exactly this like this first step of the process is taking a look at your life and really who are you at the core and what do you want for your life so that will be a big part of our adventure together um so because bali is coming up and the theme is awaken your inner goddess i'm going to draw um a Divine Feminine Oracle card. And I talked about this a little last week. So just for those that that didn't hear last week, um, this really helps to set the tone, I think, for for Bali, but also for you as a listener. The Divine Feminine Oracle cards, you can think of them as archetypes and how can you harness, harness the qualities of this archetype because you have them in yourself. Also, sometimes the messages from the cards I find to be helpful guidance. Um, Sometimes good things to think about or to journal on. Um, And why the Divine Feminine? Because the Divine Feminine, we live in such a masculine world. It just, and the traditional corporate culture is very much based on the masculine energy. The the structure, the way things get done, and the constant go, 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 go. That, and that has its time and place. But I think sometimes there's a need to tap into more flow, to tap into the softer sides of things. In the world of business and in life, you need both. And we all, men and women, have both this masculine energy and this feminine energy in, in us. But the Divine Feminine, I chose these cards because one, they were a gift from a beautiful friend of mine, but also because it sets the tone for how we'll be exploring and unlocking our power at the retreat. And if you're not able to join us in Bali, I think you can still take some lessons from these cards, from these goddesses, these archetypes, 
and begin to apply them and see how they apply in your own life. Okay, so I'm going to shuffle the cards. All right, let's see. What is... All right. I haven't gotten this card yet before. So this card is Sappho, the poetess. I love every inch of my body, and I love the women in my life fiercely. So it's a beautiful card. I will post a photo of it to my stories um, so you can see it. S-A-P-P-H-O, the poetess. I love every inch of my body, and I love the women in my life fiercely. So who she is. Sappho embodies the deep love, admiration, and sensuality that exists between women. It is believed Sappho was born around 630 BCE on the Greek island of Lesbos. She was referred to in antiquity as the 10th muse and the poetess, just as Homer was referred to as the poet. She is one of the great Greek lyricists and one of the few known female poets of the ancient world. She read her poems rhythmically while accompanied by a lyre in a form that is now known as sapphic meter. Sappho is celebrated for the sexuality and sensuality in her poetry, especially her love for, for women and the female body. Fill, fill the goblet up. These laughing lips shall kiss the brim. Come, Venus, come. This is one of the fragments that remain of her voluminous collection of poetry. Ecclesiastical authorities in Constantinople and Rome obliterated her work in the 11th century. Her poetry was publicly burned because church leaders were scandalized by its erotic nature and that the author was a woman. In ancient Greece, a woman's love for another woman was considered natural, and Sappho's love for the female form became legendary. It is believed that she read her writing before groups of women, educating and elevating them as she performed her poetry about the goddess-like nature they all possessed. When your soul selects your card, Instead of exhausting ourselves with the unholy effort of comparing our own bodies to others or of competing for resources that are actually unlimited, Sappho urges us to do the most revolutionary thing we could ever do, love ourselves and our sisters fiercely. We can't recover her lost poems, but we can reclaim the enduring spirit she left us. We can become her poetry. We can revel in the pleasure we are capable of feeling, and we can love unapologetically with the full spectrum of our emotional range and from the fathomless depths of our hearts. Lift up a woman in your life. Help her reach a dream she's been incubating. Take time to indulge the lady loves in your life. Go to a spa, make a dinner together, or just do something outrageous that celebrates the fact that you love each other. Sappho is about the power of loving every inch of the female form. Spend a day flooding your thoughts with positive affirmations about your body or a woman's body. Take a long bath with red rose petals. Do, do something nourishing that acknowledges your love for the fact that you are a woman or for the radiant women who constellate your life. Soul Voice Meditation Is there a woman in my life I can spend, send love to and uplift in this moment? with the intention of, I love every inch of my body, and I love the women in my life fiercely. For you women listening, it's important to have sisters. 
and to have female friends that you feel that support and that love. We can guard our hearts so often that it can be hard to express that pure unconditional love. For all of you listening today, men or women, male or female, or somewhere in between, thank you for being here. Celebrate friendships, the people in your life. Celebrate yourself. How can you love yourself? How can you be in integrity with who you are inside? How can you bring that out into the world? So trust your inner guidance. It is stronger and wiser than you know. And look for the magic in everyday life. It is in and around you. You just have to choose to see it. Have a beautiful, beautiful week. So embrace the magic. It's in and around you. You just have to choose to see it. Until next time.